thought that was interesting. You know? And I, what? Well, see, now this is a little confusing because we have a Diana and we have a Deanna and now we have a Diane. Uh, but when Wayne, uh, when Wayne Mays is here, uh, which he isn't always here, but when he comes and he brings his whole family, he has a sister who's lived in Beeville who's just moved back um, and is living with him now, and her name is Diane. Uh, so it's just getting worse. Uh, um, anyhow, I just, God is so full of surprises. He's so good. He's having, uh, uh, he's having a lot of fun with us and we're having a lot of fun with him. God, you're so good. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just bless you and we thank you and we praise you. Uh, our praises can't rise to the level of glory and glorifying you that you deserve. And Lord, sometimes it's just because we focus too much on us and not enough on you. And so our hearts of are full of too much stuff that isn't going to glorify you. And we, we thank you, Lord, that in spite of that, you love us and you keep picking us up. And we thank you, for Lord, for your revelation to us in your word this morning. You would speak to us, Lord, and reveal yourself to us. And we ask it in your name. Amen. Uh, how many have... a, a a username that you, for your social media or your accounts online that, and you tend to use the same username like for lots of different things. Um, so, um, but the standard username in a lot of accounts is just your email, right? But every once in a while, they encourage you to put something different. So whenever, whenever they put, whenever they give me the opportunity to put something different. Um, this is, this is a username that I have for, for two or three of my accounts, Glory Chaser, because I, I, you, can, you can do Glory Chaser, uh, seven, nine pound sign. Um, <laughs> um, um, because that's just the yearning to follow and the glory of God. But I was, I had an experience this week. Um, first of all, I need to give this. We interrupt our study of the book of Acts to bring you this important message. Your regularly scheduled sermon series will resume next week, maybe. Okay. I didn't want you to get confused that this was going to be about the book of Acts. Okay. Um, but guys, I had this thing happen this week. Um, this, this has been, I've been an interesting week. And in the last couple of weeks, actually, been have a lot of crazy things going on. And in the process of all of that, I just got uh, off schedule with my blood pressure medication. Uh, when my blood pressure medication is working great, I have minimal to no problems with angina. You know, for those of you who don't know, I only have two arteries in my heart. So you have to, um, 
you can, blood pressure can become a problem really fast. Um, and because of stuff, um, the last several nights this week, I was just awakened in the middle of the night with um, pretty uncomfortable chest pain. And it seems to get better when I stand up, which is kind of weird. Why is that? Um, when I'm lying down, it's worse. When I stand up, it's better. Uh, and so a um, couple of nights, I just went out in the living room and, and slept in my chair, kind of sitting up, and it was fine. But sometime, without getting into too much uh, complex and unnecessary detail, sometimes it really helps if I just begin to practice deep breathing, slow, deep breathing, and begin to just uh, seek the Lord. And, and by fo- focusing on God and his love, enter into this kind of a, a restful uh, meditative state. And it takes a while to get there, even when your heart isn't bothering you. But I can usually I get to a place where I'm just completely at rest. And my blood gets oxygenated and I'm fine again. And I'm not quite dreaming, but I am aware of the presence of God. And he's just talking to me and I'm talking to him. And it's, it's just, even at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's really nice. I wouldn't recommend it as a regular habit probably, but uh, I began to get peace and I, and I was just talking to the Lord um, well, he was he was kind of showing stuff to me. It's interesting. Lots of things just kind of passing through my awareness, um, and I was responding to it. And I and I said to him, "Lord, I just want to see your glory. Lord, I just want to see your glory." How many of you have ever said that to the Lord? Lord, I just want to see your glory more than anything else. I just want to see your glory. And that was just, a, that was just the cry of my heart. And almost immediately, I felt like God responded to that prayer, and this is what he said. You will never see my true and full glory by seeking my glory. Stop seeking my glory and seek me. Instead, now think about that. We say, "Lord, I, I want to see Your glory. I just want to, you know, I just want to see You at work. I just want to be in Your. I, I just, whew, Lord, I just want to see Your glory." And, and God said, no. <laughs> "You're never going to see my glory if what you're seeking is my glory. You have to start by seeking Me. You have to start by seeking." Me. You have to start by seeking me. You have to start by seeking me. And it's so easy. We make it so complicated. But he said, you know, so let me just go on. He said, sometimes when we say we want to see his glory, what we mean is that we want to have an experience. I want to have an experience. I want to go, woo, 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 woo. Boy, God really touched me. Uh, Sometimes when we say we want to see his glory, what we mean is that we want to have an experience. What God has for us 
is a relationship. You know the difference between having an experience, which is really all about me and how it makes me feel, and I'm a, now I got a testimony. You know, you, you know somebody who had an experience of seeing God's glory. Second uh, Corinthians chapter twelve. Uh, the apostle Paul got caught up into like the seventh heaven, saw things that people didn't see. See, he saw the glory of God. But God wanted to make it absolutely clear that this wasn't about you, Paul. And I don't want you talking about your experience because what you, Paul, what you don't, what you, you don't need an experience. You need, you need a relationship with me. And now, Paul, I'm going to show you that how weak you really are, how desperate you really are for me and for my grace. Because you are weak and you need me, Paul. You need me. Don't think you can just sit there and pray a prayer and make, and make all your troubles go away because you prayed the right prayer and the right words at the right time, so I owe you an answer. Because remember... Thorn of flesh comes. Paul says, I, I asked God three different times. In the name of Jesus, take this thing away. I've been up to the seventh heaven and I've seen things that nobody else could see. So in the name of Jesus, thorn of the flesh, be gone. Crickets, crickets. God said, no. God said, no. We don't like that. We don't, we don't like those verses in the Bible where we see that God says no. Because we also know that there's a verse in the Bible where, where it says that every word of God is what? Yes and amen. And so, so we don't like when we also hear, see God say no because we're like, God, where's the yes and amen? I just wanted... To, I just want these thorns to go away. Where's the yes and amen? Um, so, Paul, you need me. You don't know everything. You don't have. You have zero power. Without my grace, you have nothing. You are weak. Guess what, Paul? I made you to be weak. Um, but my grace, my strength, my power based on your relationship with me, will always be enough. You don't need an experience. You need a relationship with me that defines everything. So that happened. Um, so let's talk about this for a second. Uh, the difference between the seeker of what and the seeker of whom, okay? I mean, let's start back in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, so we all we love to quote this from from Jeremiah chapter twenty nine, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. When we're going through a hard time, sometimes somebody will remind us. They'll give us this verse and advice and, and remind us uh, that that your life isn't over. That that there is still a future. God has a future and a hope for you, and it's going to be okay. And we go, yay! God has a future and a hope for me. So, TikTok, God, speed up. Uh, let's keep this moving. Uh, but and we don't. We stop reading too soon. Then you will call upon me, 
and you will come and you will pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Me. That's a, that's a very personal pronoun. Doesn't say seek my righteousness. Doesn't say seek my power. Doesn't say seek my glory. He says seek me. You will find me when you're seeking for me. Not seeking the plan. You know, up here it says, uh, I've got a plan for your welfare, not for calamity, and blah, 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 blah. It, but so he didn't say, you will find the plan when you seek for the plan. He says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me. Don't seek the plan. Seek the planner. All right? Don't seek the plan. Seek the planner. Well, that's Jeremiah, Old Testament. That's good. We love that. And you can see pretty much the same thing. Remember Hebrews eleven six, the the whole the panoply of the saints of God walking in the power of faith, uh, in that stance of faith. We get this uh, in Hebrews chapter eleven, uh, verse six. We all know this. We can say it by heart. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Let's say the rest of this together. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. A rewarder of those who seek him. Yes, God rewards. But the rewards and the benefits flow out of seeking him and not seeking the reward. Even if what you are seeking is something super spiritual sounding like wanting to see the glory of God. Lord, I just want to see your glory. I'm just, I don't want to be separated from the world, Lord. I don't want to be caught up in all the worldly trappings and all the worldly problems that you're taking away from me. I just want to see your glory, God. Come on, God. Just come on down. I'm just waiting on you, God. See, this is me praying and being spiritual. God, do something. Um, He rewards those who seek him. He rewards those who seek him. So now this becomes kind of a technical question. Because, okay, how do I go about seeking him? Um, If all this other stuff is close to on target. I'm not supposed to be seeking his glory. I'm not supposed to be seeking his plan. I'm not supposed to be seeking his rewards. I'm just supposed to be seeking him. I just like a scavenger hunt. Um, is there a secret code? Um, is there a, a problem? Surely somewhere, I don't know this for sure, but I'm certain it's got to be true. Somewhere, somebody has written a 20-chapter book on how to seek God. And supposedly, and, and if there is such a book, it probably has some helpful hints, which I won't dwell on right now because I don't know what they are. I'm not sure that it doesn't make things more complicated because we also have a picture in the Bible for what it looks like to seek God. 
looks like this. You know the story. You already know it. It looks like this from Luke chapter 10. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Just seated there listening. You understand? Do you realize how rare it is for us to just sit in the presence of the Lord and listen? How often do we... If we acknowledge God at all in the course of our daily lives, it's not from the perspective of Mary just sitting at his feet, just listening. It's, it's a different perspective. What perspective is it? Martha was distracted with all of her preparations. We do a lot of stuff for Jesus, right? If you're involved in the body of Christ, the chances are you do a lot of stuff in, in, for the kingdom, with the kingdom, for the... I mean, we've, we have been pretty well inducted into the do-better-try-harder school of uh, the, the faux Christian life. Um, and so we've got a lot of preparations going to try to make God happy at any given time, um, hoping that it will somehow make our lives better. And so Mary, Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and she said, Lord, you don't even care that my sister has left me to do all this servings alone. Please tell her to help me, which is the classic whiny prayer. How many of you have ever experienced coming to God with a whiny prayer? Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Poor me. God, don't you see how hard I am working for you? If it weren't for me, God, nothing would ever get done. It wouldn't be done right. And I'm, I love you, Jesus. And I'm only going to offer you first-class stuff. And bless God, it's going to be done right or it's not going to be done at all. And I'm sick and tired of doing this by myself. And I can't believe, God, that my sister's getting away with doing nothing. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, well, she's just praying this really whiny prayer. Now, there are, it's very important to understand that in the flow of obedience, Jesus has stuff he wants us to do. But there's a difference between obedience and obligation. Do you understand? Uh, obedience properly understood flows out of gratitude for everything that God's doing in your life. Obligation is, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, because if I don't do it, um, God's going to be disappointed to me in me or something's going to go wrong. So, okay, I have to drag myself off the couch and go do it. But it's not fair that I have to do it by myself. Whiny prayers. Somebody ought to write a book about that. Um, the Lord answered and he said to her, Martha, you loser. Grow up, get a clue. 
No, thankfully, God never talks to us like that. We talk to other people like that. But God, God doesn't talk to us like that. The voice of God... You know, one, of the, one of the main ways that you can tell the difference between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy... The voice of God may, may come with conviction to point out to you ways that he wants you to alter your attitude or your trajectory. But he never, the voice of God never comes with guilt or shame or condemnation. The voice of God doesn't make you feel worse. The voice of God always brings hope. And listen to this. Whiny prayer, whiny prayer, wah, 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 wah. And the Lord answered to her and said, Martha, Martha, you were worried and bothered about so many things. Only one thing is really necessary. Mary has chosen the good part. It's never going to be taken away from her. You can't fail at this. You can't be substandard at this. Um... Martha's all focused on doing stuff and doing it well. And running in the background is this fear that it's not going to be done well and that God's going to be disappointed with her uh, and that she's going to be ashamed. Mary is 100% devoted to doing nothing except sitting at his feet. That's really hard to mess up. Um, only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good part. It will not be taken away from her. And the one thing that is necessary is this. Do you see how that arrow just magically appeared? Seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Lord, I just want to be with you. Lord, I just want to rest in you. I'm not coming with any request. I'm not coming with any demands. I just love just love the way Jesus introduces his disciples to prayer. Do you remember um, the disciples come to Jesus with a, a typical whiny prayer? Jesus, would you please, what are you going to teach us to pray? John the Baptist teaches his disciples to pray. You go off in the mountains and you pray all the time. When are you going to teach us to pray? And what Jesus said, okay. Probably time that I teach you guys to pray. But let me tell you one thing. Before I start teaching you to pray, you need to remember one thing. God already knows all of your needs even before you ask. So you don't have to get all wrapped around the axle reading your list of stuff to God. God already knows. And he's already working all that stuff. There's never a time when God is not moving in your life to bring his best into your life in spite of you most of the time. So, okay, I'm going to teach you how to pray. But just remember... You don't have to pray a list. God already knows what's on your list. And then he shares the whole Lord's Prayer, which is a prayer about complete surrender 
into the arms of the Father. Your kingdom, your power, your glory. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of me every day. Thank you, God, for delivering me from the evil one. Lord, your name is holy. I just surrender myself to you. I'm trusting you for all that stuff that's on my list somewhere. But in the moment, I'm just sitting here, receiving, resting in my relationship with you, surrendering to you. That's the good part, seated at the Lord's feet, just listening to his word. So, there's some interesting questions. What are you really seeking? It's very deceptive. We feel so justified that every, in every battle, in every prayer, in every issue we bring before God, we, we feel a sense of urgency and we, we feel like we're, sometimes we're on a mission. Sometimes we're just too desperate and overwhelmed. But we've seen, well, we are very justified in our own perspective that we bring into prayer. And it usually involves seeking something that isn't Him. Usually is involved in seeking some relief for a situation, uh, either for us or for somebody that we love, uh, but which removes the relationship component and jumps right to the execution component. God, you need to do something. You need to do it right now, or this is going to turn into a disaster. So, Are you distracted and worried and bothered and just seeking some kind of help or experience to make you feel better and give you a temporary reduction in your level of emotional pain? Or are you really satisfied with Jesus and fulfilled by just sitting quietly in his presence and listening to his word and resting in his love? Just seeking him. Lord, my life is a train wreck. My life is an absolute train wreck. And there are so many things going on right now that I can't control. Even if I could make a list, I couldn't put all the things in that list that I am totally incapable of handling and expecting a good outcome. Lord, my life is a train wreck. I have to trust you. And I know that you're trustworthy. So I'm just going to... Can I just sit here? Can I just sit here with you and say nothing? And I'll just receive whatever you want to share with me. I'll just receive whatever it is you want to share with me, even if it's just silence. One last thing. God said... <laughs> If you really want to hear my voice, please stop talking all the time. <laughs> because you know, we seek the, so I'm seeking you, God. I'm seeking you now. Now that now, God, that I have your full attention, let me tell you all these things. Let me cry out to you. If you want, if you really want to hear my voice, please stop talking all the time. Um, this is supposed to be a conversation. If you want revelation from me, you've got to shut up. Just rest. Get comfortable with silence. Stillness. 
It's okay to just sit in the presence of God and say nothing. It's even okay to sit in the presence of God and hear nothing. And to just be at rest. But still sense the presence of the Holy Spirit just wrapping his arms around you. And, and knowing, even though you haven't heard an audible word or seen a picture or had a vision, there's something about just being still. It's saying, God, I'm just resting in you. You know when you're really in love with somebody? Sometimes you can just sit on the couch with them. Just kind of embraced. You don't have to say anything. It just feels special to sit and say nothing and just just be there with each other. So you want to seek God. Be comfortable with silence and stillness because even though there's no maybe no visions and no giant revelations doesn't mean that you're not exactly where you're supposed to be and he's not doing exactly what he wants to do. Revelation comes to those whose hearts are trained to listen for me, he said. Revelation comes to those hearts who are expecting to hear from me instead of trying to get me to listen to them. We just have this all backwards. We've, we've been to so many wonderful prayer seminars that are all of, teaching us all about how to, the secret code to how to pray exactly the right kind of prayer to get your prayers answered. You've all been to them. You've seen them on TV. There's very few seminars available on how to sit and do nothing in the presence of God and wait on him. It's just completely counterintuitive. But revelation comes to those whose hearts are trained to listen for me and expecting to hear from me instead of trying to get me to listen to them. Because, Lord's Prayer, God already knows your needs. Quit wasting precious time going over the same list of stuff that he already knows. God says, here we come, full circle, last bullet point, my glory is displayed to and in and through those who are fully content to seek me and rest in and wait for me. There's an an art to this because it's just completely counterintuitive. It doesn't feel like we're getting anything done. Which is really probably the point. Because I think God would really prefer it if we tried to do less stuff. Because that would leave less of a mess for him to have to come along after us and clean up. Because we thought we were doing something in his name. When we, we didn't hear it from him, he, he didn't direct us. He didn't reveal anything to us. We just took the bull by the horns and ran through the china shop with it because we thought we were doing something for him. Want to see my glory, God says? Just rest in me. Just rest, be still and rest in me. 
let the peace that passes all understanding kind of bubble up. Wait for me. When it's time to get up and do the preparations, we'll get up and do it together. You know, I, I, I have this vision of Mary and Martha and Jesus in that story. And Martha kind of resentfully takes off her apron, throws it down on the counter, said, fine. But the soup is going to burn. And um, I haven't even finished chopping up the vegetables for the salad. And But come on in, come on in. So she comes in. She sits down next to her sister. And Jesus is just doing... He's just being Jesus. I can't imagine what it would be just to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his voice. I bet you'd be surprised. Um, And I bet the conversation had very little to do with the big toe on the right foot of the idol of bronze in the book of Daniel. Where Jesus says, all right, I'm going to give you the revelation here about that prophecy. Are you ready? Wasn't anything hyper spiritual. Who knows? Just being together, just imparting love, just imparting encouragement, just imparting his own special revelation, and and they're there doing that. And then Jesus says, "Okay, now let's all go in the kitchen and finish dinner." Then they all get up. Jesus and they follow Jesus into the kitchen, and they finish getting Martha's work done but now Martha's work has meaning because it flows out of their relationship with Jesus does that make sense so there's a rhythm there's rest and then there's work but the rest and the listening always comes first and that's what the devil tries to steal from us So just remember that this week, to take some time. And you've got a list, I know. And the Bible does say to make your request known to God, and there's nothing wrong with that. But reserve some time this week to seek him. To seek him. It may get a quiet place to sit and rest. Um does help to take a little pad because I promise you that at some point even if your chest is hurting and you're having a hard time breathing God may reveal something really cool to you and you need to write it down but don't go in there with a list just go in there and rest say Jesus I just want to spend some time sitting at your feet Father, in the name of Jesus, we we apologize again for missing the point of what it means to be yours. And thank you, Lord, that that you love us and that you're faithful in spite of our worst efforts. Remind us this week, Lord, of how much you hunger 
for us to just come and sit with you. Deliver us, Lord, from, from seeking an experience. And woo us and draw us, Lord, deeper into our relationship with you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.